Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Patriots and the Commanders at 1 o'clock on a uh, big weekend of games. Not all of them are good, but some of them are, like this uh, Miami-Kansas City game. A lot of stakes in some of these games today. Let's talk about it all. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy, good morning. How are you, friend? Good morning, Gresh. How are you? Hanging in there. Uh, trade deadline has come and passed, and now we know who is going to be a part of, of this team moving forward. Uh, Tommy, what do you make of the lack of activity at the trade deadline? How do you read into it? What do you take away from what did or didn't happen on Tuesday? I, I didn't expect there to be much movement because the Patriots probably have one of the weaker rosters in the league. And as a result, how many teams are going to line up to take a player who they're just going to rent for 10 games, especially at the positions the Patriots had players available? You know, these uh, safety like Duggar or uh, a guard slash tackle like Amwenu probably aren't the players who are going to take you over the top. More often it's, you know, a pass rusher or a receiver. So my sense going in was, Nobody's going to be interested in giving up a fourth or a fifth for a Patriots player. They're going to have to rent and then re-sign. So I wasn't really surprised by it. Um, if that's uh, if that's sort of where the, the team is going here in terms of not making moves at the deadline, a lot of people, Tom, have said things like, you know, players don't tank, front offices tank. And is that is them standing pat a, I don't know, vote of confidence in this roster? No, I think it's really just there was nothing there to be made. If they had, say, for instance, a second-round pick on the table for, for Kyle Duggar, they might have thought about it long and hard. I just use him as a for instance. I think Duggar should be a player that you have in your future plans as a core player because with all these expiring contracts and the number of expiring contracts with players that you might like to keep around, for instance, Ezekiel Elliott, he looks like a player that I would want to have as part of my core going forward. They got him on a low contract right now, but these players I think would be core players going forward. But again, it's—I don't think anyone was really stepping to the plate for any of the players, even if Kendrick Bourne was going to, you know, solicit any kind of interest or elicit any kind of interest. He was still, you know, injured, so there was no way you could move him either. Tom, you wrote this week that if the Patriots lose to Washington, it could be seen as a day of reckoning. I know over at the Globe they wrote about what could possibly happen if they lose to Washington and then uh, to, the, to the Colts in Germany next week. What kind of reckoning are we talking about here? Just a reckoning in terms of you have an NFC team who's 
a fellow bottom feeder who's going to come in, and I would imagine it's going to be a fairly intimate crowd relative to what we've come to expect over the, the last two decades. And if you lose this game, it's really going to announce to, to ownership, again, as they sit in their their box, that their investment is, is taking on water at a at an alarming rate. And a lack of interest is just really anathema to any owner in the NFL. And I think that the greatest interest now is in I mean, I didn't really think about the matchup until, you know, Friday when I sat down to start the preview because it's secondary. The game is is becoming secondary to what's the future plan for the team because win or lose, you're still a 3-6 and or a 2-7 and team that has to, in less than two months, make decisions on what the course of the 2024 offseason is going to be with a top-10 pick and $100 million in cap space. Who do you want authoring and setting the course for the next five years with this team? So to me, that kind of trumps the matchup. And I think that, you know, a poor performance today, which is just 14 days after a great performance against Buffalo, still might not be enough to change the course of where things seem to be headed. So if you're the new owner of the commanders, Josh Harris, do you try to have a bit of a private moment with Robert Kraft today and have, I don't know, maybe not a cursory discussion, but start the feeling out process if Harris looks at someone like a Bill Belichick that might be somebody he would want to trade for? I mean, I would think that it would probably be more back-channel than that than, than today. Um but, yeah, I mean, if you are setting the course for a post-Ron Rivera time period in Washington, you need to look at all your options going forward. Do you want to bring in a, a head coach slash general manager who you're going to spend more than $25 million a year on most likely? Who's his staff going to be? Who's coming with him? What would the compensation be? And how long is Bill in it for would be questions that you need to answer. Maybe you're asking would we have permission to speak to Bill if that's the case? Um, that they want to have any kind of a conversation. You have to figure out what Bill wants before you get down the road too far with Robert Kraft, for instance. What do you think Bill wants? I think Bill wants a better football team. I don't know if Washington will provide it or not, but I think this mirrors the Brady situation in many ways where – it feels like the relationship is becoming frayed. The patience both ways is probably becoming frayed. So to me, you're probably looking at a, at a situation where Bill is saying, do I want to stay here? Do I want to rebuild this team? Do I feel as if I'm given the latitude to do that? Or are people tapping their foot and complaining about the direction of the team. If Robert Kraft is going to stand there and speak to us in the you know, terminology that he uses about being anxious to return to contention quickly and that not happening and pointing out the lack of playoff wins and the missteps in free agency or the missteps in the draft and the fact that he won't just say he, he has all the time he needs to break Don Shula's record, then I would imagine that all of that reaches Bill's ears and more 
to make him wonder, you know, do I, do I want to stick here? Is, is this a good situation for me? Am I enjoying this? So I, I think all of that will enter into the relationship both ways. Tommy, as you look at this matchup today, how do the Patriots find a way to win this game? They have to speed up Sam Howell, who's actually been a really good distributor. Curtis Samuel is going to be out today. Try and take away Terry McLaurin. Brian Robbins is a pretty good back. Um, but as you guys just pointed out, they can't protect worth a damn. They had 41 sacks so far. They only allowed one last week to Philadelphia, but they were allowing five and six a week regularly prior to last week's game against Philadelphia. So you have to speed them up and try and make some plays on the back end that give you good field position or even turn into touchdowns because offensively the Patriots continue and are going to continue with the fleet of rookies and young untested receivers who are going to be out there. They're going to be a team that's probably not going to be real prolific offensively today. Assuming that that's the case, uh, who do you think gets more looks in a in a situation like this? Someone like Tyquan Thornton, who's been injured a lot and sort of bounced back, or someone like Kayshawn Booty, who's had a tough time, it sounds like, at practice, but this week was a good week of practice for him. Who do you think gets, uh, gets more of a look today? I think Booty, because Tyquan Thornton showed up on Friday after having a, a no-designation week. He showed up on Friday with a, an injured foot. So and he was limited in practice. So my guess would be you go with the player who's been dependable. I mean, Booty was out there every single day at training camp, and every single day he was a dependable receiver and made plays and showed great body control and, and understanding of, you know, how to set people up and route running. And to be in timeout as long as he's been in timeout, when Juju's averaging five point, and I'm, I'm willing to say Juju's no good now, okay, Christian? Okay. I'm with you. Uh, <laughs> eventually, I, I knew you'd jump on the bandwagon eventually there, Tommy. Well, I, I had, you know, I needed more data. I needed more data. And he and Devontae Parker have combined for 30 catches this season, 30. What about Terry Stevenson? We, we fought about uh, Ramondre Stevenson, too. Have you, uh, have you come around on him as well or what? No, that's the offensive line. He's a good player. Yeah? <laughs> and you can load up on him. You can load up on the run. I mean, you know when it's coming. With the Patriots, they're going to run, you know, on first down, try and get in second and favorable, and they often don't do that. I mean, that's why Bryce Barringer is second in the NFL in punts, is because they don't get enough on first down. They were one for nine on third down last week because, and I'd go back to this again, they don't have a third down back. They don't have a third down back. And the notion that Ramondre Stevenson should be that is proven week in and week out. He's just very slow getting into his routes, getting his head around and being prepared to be a pass catcher. He's fine on screens, but as somebody at the second level, as, as kind of an option route, James White, Shane Vereen, Kevin Falk type back, he just can't do that. And it's insane that with the number of small, quick backs coming out of college, now the Patriots have ignored that position and just gone with Ty Montgomery and run it back with him a couple of years, and he's never available. So, again, it's, it's roster building. I don't understand it. And it leads to Bryce Barringer being second in the league in punts. I think you said it there in the beginning, though. I mean, you could have uh, you could have Marshall Falk back there. He ain't converting third and 11. And that's the bigger issue is this team, Tommy, was supposed to be able to run the ball, and they can't. And from that end, it is one area where they've definitely gone backwards. The O-line is a part of it. 
but I can't figure out why they can't press the edges and use those big backs. I hear you on a third down back. I personally disagree, but if you're third and eight every time, like, you know, a lot of those conversions, it wasn't third and ten plus like the Patriots seem to find themselves in. I think you've identified the bigger issue. Why are they so inconsistent on first down? That really has been killing them because when they stay on schedule, there are times where they avoid third down altogether. And then when they don't, it's like third and ten, forget about it. They're going to crap all over themselves. And it's funny, too, Gresh, because statistically, if you look at it, they're not that bad at converting sometimes and creating some first downs, but they get no chunk plays. Yeah. So it's first down, second down, third down, convert by a yard, first down, second down, third down, you know, convert by four yards. So they don't get any chunk plays. So you need a drive that requires five first downs to get to the red zone Mm -hmm. because they don't have any explosiveness. So – it's they do as we've seen every week they don't often go i shouldn't say that without checking but i feel like they oftentimes will get a five or seven play drive going but they're still on their own side of the damn 50 by the time it ends because they can't get anything downfield there's a lot of that and the mistakes too good lord the the more plays you run it's like two right the more plays you run the better chance that somebody's going to have an illegal shift or a false start or a hold because you're just running too many plays and they're not talented enough up front to play without cheating. It requires more uh, concentration, no doubt. Tommy, uh, thank you, friend. We appreciate it. Tommy Tom. Kern will be with uh, Gresham Fourier on Tuesday and Jones and Mego on Thursday. Talk to you, Tommy. Thank you. See you guys. Thank you. There we go. Uh, we're at the half out in uh, Germany. Stiz will get you uh, updated on that. We, meaning Arkan and I, will go through uh, the week in the NFL uh, an hour from now. There is uh, There are some pretty interesting games in the AFC. One of them is a crossover between the Ravens and the Seahawks. Uh, but we've also got some bad games as well. Patriots-Washington would be <laughs> on that them, list. Yes, yes. Rams and Green Bay would be on that list. Uh, I don't even know if the Saints and the Bears uh, qualify as a good game, but you got the Colts and the Panthers. That is not a uh, a great one either. Uh, Reverend Arcand will have his preview of today's game coming up. But here is Stiz ready to trend. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Right back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, welcome into my congregation. It is the Reverend Arkin, and it is time for the Reverend Scouting Report. Brother Gresh, welcome in. Hello, are you uh, ready to do this in German next week? I am not. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but we'll try. We'll try our best anyway. Uh, Brother Stiz back there on the organ. We know he loves his organ. The Patriots, thank you very much. Patriots taking on the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington football team, formerly before that the Washington racial slurs. Uh, here's what Bill Belichick had to say about the history of the Washington Commanders. Stiz, if you would. I mean, George Preston Marshall bought the team, moved it to Washington, had it for a long time, sold it to Cook, Cook won three Super Bowls with Gibbs, Snyder bought it, they've rebranded in the last couple of years. Okay, thanks. Very good. That's very good. That's true. All of that stuff happened. I thought that was interesting hearing that this week, Gresh, because when you ask Bill Belichick about the history of any football team, really, especially one with a long history like Washington, and he's talked about Washington before and gone on and on about all those same guys. He's usually very sort of gushing and, you know, reverent and all that stuff. Didn't get any of that here. He's just like, yeah, George Preston Marshall, yeah, and then there was Snyder, and now they got the team now, and now they blah, 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 and, like, it was no big deal at all. I thought that was interesting, especially yeah. with the trade rumors swirling around. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think there's a hard way to put the Snyder era into context unless you want to get yourself in trouble. So, sure. yeah, I don't know about uh, going down the – I don't know if uh, – how many people even know the name Jack Kent Cook, let alone – uh, you know, everything else with the uh, Washington football team from back in the sure. day. George what? Preston Marshall, one of the all-time yeah, oh, scumbags I mean, in the history of good sports. Good really. Lord. Uh, no question about that. All right, well, there you go. That's the team the Patriots are playing, a team that blew it up at the deadline, and let's go ahead and get to our last game. So the last time we saw the Commanders, they looked different. Prior to uh, the Tuesday trade deadline, the Commanders hosted the Eagles, reigning NFC champs, and they gave them a good game. Uh, Sam Howell, a career-high 397 yards, four touchdowns to four different receivers, but it wasn't enough. Eagles scored 21 points in the fourth quarter and took the game 38-31, to your final score. Tough loss for Washington. They fell to 3-5 and and disappointing for Commanders fans because this team did start the year 2-0. A lot of people forget that. The Commanders were 2-0 to begin the year with wins over over the Broncos and the Cardinals. And since then, they've lost five out of six, losing to the Bears and the Giants, uh, embarrassing both of those. Their only win in that span was over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, So let's get to some offseason changes. The Commanders were relatively quiet in free agency, Gresh. They did sign some O-linemen. Andrew Wiley was their starting right tackle. Uh, Nick Gates and Trenton Scott are both backups. They also picked up Jacoby Brissett to be Sam Howell's backup. However, Washington's new ownership group decided to sell at the deadline as they shipped D-linemen Montez Sweat and uh, Chase Young out. Uh, Sweat to the Bears, Young to the 49ers for draft picks. 
I'd say the Commanders were easily the biggest sellers at the deadline. Some other teams uh, moved on, but Washington moved on from two former first-round picks, uh, two pro bowlers, and uh, two guys that have been some of the uh, better players on their team over the years. I think they just basically decided, we're not signing these dudes. Yeah. And it really came down to that because Montez Sweat gets a $97 million contract from the Bears. Which is head-scratching unto itself. It is. And then if you're Chase Young, you're betting on yourself now. Let me go to the 49ers. Let's see how I look with better talent around me on a better team. And that guy could end up maybe breaking the bank in free agency if he just plays eight great games with San Francisco. Yeah, no question. Speaking of breaking the bank, the Niners, if they want to try and and sign him, they got him, they got Bosa. I mean, that's a... (laughs) That's a team starting to look like the Rams a little bit, you know? The Rams who just traded all their draft picks and threw all this money around. Oh, and, hey, but they won know? a Super Bowl, so I was told that it was worth it they to did. then turn around and uh, and suck. Well, we'll see. We'll see how bad they actually yeah, suck. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The uh, The way that Les Snead goes about it is very interesting. And by the way, the guy he traded away, Jared Goff, has actually played pretty good football yes, for 20 he's games. Been, uh, he's been killing it out there in Detroit. Shockingly. No all right, here's your uh, previous matchups. The Patriots have never played the Commanders. Never played them because last time they played them, it was 2019. They were called by their old name. And uh, that matchup was 2019, week five. Tom Brady's Patriots blew them out 33-7. to Brady threw touchdown passes to Julian Edelman. Brandon Bolden and Ryan Izzo uh, for three touchdown what? passes. That's those were the three guys. Ryan Izzo, <laughs> H to the Izzo. Ryan oh my Izzo. God. Yes, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Last time the Patriots lost to Washington was in 2003. It was one of their two losses that year. They went 14 and two, uh, one of the, uh, the first of their two Super Bowls uh, consecutively. I would say, and you guys have been talking about that 2003 season all uh, all year. Yeah, very much so. And if I remember correctly, when Joe Gibbs was the coach and Washington came here in you know, seven, think, yeah, that was yeah. they put a 50 burger on him because allegedly, supposedly, Belichick was still holding a grudge against Joe Gibbs for something. I wonder what it is. I don't know, but I remember after the game, it was like, well, you know, Joe Gibbs did this to Belichick in 1980-whatever, and it was like, okay, so I guess Bill waited 20-some-odd years to exact revenge and completely embarrass him. Hell, Fourier embarrasses Joe Gibbs more than Belichick did. Yeah. Because when you hear the ways of Joe Gibbs, like, no porn in the hotel. You know I, that's going to upset for you. <laughs> oh, and upset all the players. That would Are you be kidding me? That was like a mutiny. Unacceptable. And then, and then uh, Fourier told the uh, tale this week of how Clinton Portis was worried about wearing black shoes. And Joe Gibbs went to the owner to get black shoes okayed. And Fourier was like, I knew we were dead. Wow. Our best player's worried about what color shoes he's wearing. We stink. Sounds like uh, maybe something that was going on in Vegas uh, recently as well. Oh, my God. Let's go to our players to watch. All right, here's some players that I'm watching today. Number one is their quarterback, Sam Howell, who's a second-year quarterback, was the last man standing after uh, Heineke went to Atlanta and Carson Wentz got released. He was picked in the fifth round. He's a gunslinger, is thrown for 2,146 yards. That's good for sixth in the entire league. He has 13 touchdowns, also tied for sixth, and his eight interceptions are tied for second along with Mac Jones and a bunch of other guys. Um, what do you think of Sam Howell there, Gresh? Uh, middle, middle of the road guy who hopefully he's a good teammate and can hang around as a backup. You know what he feels like? He feels like a Garner Minshew type. Yeah. He'll do some things that will flash every once in a while. He'll have good games, but uh, it's kind of like Brian Daubach. The more you play him, the more you find. Like every time Dauber got over 350 at-bats, the real Dauber showed up. (laughs) And uh, that's, I feel like, Sam Howe. If he starts four games for you, he'll show enough for you to want to keep him but not want to start it. Sam Howe, the Brian Daubach. 
of NFL. How about that? There Very we go. nice. I like that. would appreciate that. I bet he would. Uh, another guy I'm watching is Terry McLaurin, one of the many wide receivers the Patriots could have had when they drafted Nikhil Harry in 2019. Uh, he made his first Pro Bowl last year. He's on pace for another thousand yard season. I know you're not a big wide receiver guy, uh, Gresh, but do you have any love for McLaurin? Uh, he's not bad. He's I like okay. him a lot. No, I, he's one of those dudes who is. Uh, like of the list of the guys who went over a hundred catches last year and how many actually like went deep into the postseason. I know he's another one of those dudes who was on that list. Yeah. He puts up a lot of numbers and a lot of volume. My whole thing on guys like that is how much of those numbers started to come when games were kind of not in doubt anymore because Washington has played a lot of games that haven't been doubt over the course of McLaren's career. He'll probably end up going somewhere else and having a like a second career resurgence or surge. Type yeah, thing. I would have been fine with the Patriots uh, making a trade for him back before all this happened. Uh, he would have. He's the type of guy that I like, and I feel like he's the type of guy that Bill Belichick likes. You know, not a not a huge play guy, very dependable, great hands, uh, good possession receiver. I think what Bill wants at the wide receiver spot are guys that aren't divas, and mm. it doesn't seem like. McLaren is one of those guys. Yeah. He's in a bad situation and just shuts up and plays his tail off. You got to respect that. Yeah, you certainly do. Uh, another guy that I like on that uh, offense is Jahan Dotson, the second-year wide receiver. Was picked 16th overall in 2022. Had seven touchdowns last year. Has really struggled this year, but did have a good game against Philly. 108 yards receiving in that loss to the Eagles last week. They may have unlocked something there. Got to watch today. Uh, also on the D-line, Jonathan Allen Big in his uh, sixth season. He's made two straight Pro Bowls. He's a monster on the inside, and he's got another monster right next to him in Deron Payne, the uh, fifth-year defensive tackle. He made his first Pro Bowl last year and sacked the quarterback 11 and a half times. So uh, those are the guys that I'm watching. Did I miss anyone? Anybody that you've got no, your eye I don't, on? Nope, I don't think so. Jonathan Allen is the guy that you got to try to avoid in the middle of that uh, defensive line. And Arkan, I do wonder, will they start to move Allen around a little bit more now that you don't have Sweat and Chase Young? Yeah. So could they end up moving him around to take advantage of certain people uh no i pretty much think it's uh sam howe mclaren allen are the guys that are uh, really going to stand out and uh it'll be interesting to see how the patriots deploy their offensive line today yes because of jonathan allen yeah like is there a chance on when who gets kicked inside the guard because you have a guy in there and allen who can really eat i don't know i mean the less low, the better for as far as i'm concerned oh but I guess my we'll... god i'm not i'm not advocating for that now <laughs> good grief no i'm talking about maybe swapping like uh on when and so a little bit okay nothing yeah maybe have those guys flop and and i don't even know if they'd really consider it but Allen is an impact D-line. I bet you we'll see some different looks today. All right, let's get to our rookie spotlight. So the Commanders picked immediately before the Patriots in the draft this year, and they also took a cornerback. We were talking with, I believe it was uh, Tommy Curran brought up Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, or either it was him or Cadillac, I forget. Uh, he's had a very tough rookie year. He's been getting benched. Uh, he's seeing limited playing time, only played 46% of the defensive snaps. He's been getting smoked out there, and their second-round pick was also in the secondary, Jertavius Martin out of Illinois. He's mostly been on special teams this year, but... That's sort of an interesting one for me there because you remember the Patriots were in a, in a spot to pick what could have been Broderick Jones, the tackle. They traded out, and then the run on cornerback started to go there yep. as they uh, as uh, Washington took Forbes, and then the Patriots were able to get Gonzalez. Now, they're lucky that Gonzalez didn't go to Washington and they didn't get stuck with Forbes because 
clearly we know who the better player is. I think we can well, see that even with the injury. And that's the thing. I, I Something tells me they had real good draft intel for for the Patriots to take the risk. Because drafting Christian Gonzalez at 14, nobody would have squawked at that. Yeah. Yet they maneuvered around the Jets so they didn't get their left tackle. Of course, now that guy, Broderick Jones, is helping Pittsburgh on the right side now. Yes, he is. And then, uh, like you mentioned, Forbes went to Washington even though they were picking a corner. So I wonder if it was actually a good job of getting draft intel by the Patriots because they didn't blink. Or maybe they liked Forbes as much as Gonzalez. That's the other end. Of I it hope too. that's not the case. I would, I would think sucks. not. They ended up with the right guy. And if he's uh, out there today, I'd imagine that someone Mac Jones tries to pick on. All right, let's get to our former Patriots. There's only one. Only one former Patriot on Washington. There are no former commanders on the Patriots, and that is Jacoby Brissett, uh, the only former wow. Patriot out there, the only one that, uh, that you can say bleeds over onto the other team. I recall the Jacoby Brissett years fondly here. I think it was really only one year uh, and that we really saw him get into any games, but I liked him. I thought he was a, a good good value pick in the third round, a guy that was um, able, you were able to move on from and get a little something back for who they traded. Philip Dorsett, I think, is who they got back for him, right? Wasn't that what the trade was? I think so. Maybe that's I'm a good question. Misremembering, no, but, you know. I thought they just flipped him for a late rounder, but maybe there, maybe there was something like that in there. But I, uh, Jacoby Brissett is a perfect backup. He doesn't talk. He's a good guy. He's a good teammate. It's one of those dudes that if you got to break glass in case of emergency, people will still play hard for the guy. But if you put him in for 16 or 17 games, you kind of know what you're going to get on the law of averages. Brissett traded to the Colts for wide receiver Philip Dorsett. It was Phil Dorsett. How about that? Uh, And that was after uh, Andrew Luck suffered some big injury. And he was on the Colts for a few years, went to the Dolphins, went to the Browns last year, and is now a commander. And uh, we probably won't see him today unless something happens to to the starter. What does that say about Bailey Zappi that he was going to get cut like Brissett and they couldn't even get a bum wide receiver for him? That's a good point. All right, let's get to our enemy story lines all right the main one here i think that uh, a lot of people are are sort of thinking about is should the patriots have sold off pieces like washington did you weren't going to get back any second or third round picks but you sort of saw what the plan was you're trying you're talking about draft capital you're admitting that this is a lost season is that something that they should have done yes or no uh sold yes no no, I think right now they're just going to live with it the way it is. I don't know if there was enough value out there. Like, apparently they were driving a hard bargain for Zeke. I don't know if anybody called on Trent Brown. Uh, although, in keeping Mike on Wenu, I don't know if it's necessarily an indicator they're keeping him long term, but I'd love for them to go to start talks now since they didn't end up moving on from the guy. I just think Belichick looks at it and is like, I'm not going to tear it down yet. I think they see more average in the AFC than anything else, but hey. That's possible. Maybe they're, maybe they're, here's the other thing, too. Like, for people looking for offense, there was no one traded on the offensive side of the ball to any team at the deadline. Yeah. It would have been Outside worth a damn. Dobbs, that's about it. Yeah, yeah right. And then, and then Dobbs, it was more. And Peoples-Jones, but he's a return guy. So right. Yeah. And it was more because uh, the quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins, got hurt in Minnesota, which yep. is why the Dobbs trade even happened. Yeah. The only thing I would say is it's some of these guys you might not re-sign. Like, I don't know if they're going to re-sign Uche. I don't know if they're going to re-sign Duggar. Get, well, something, get something for him well, instead look, of losing him for if, nothing, if right? You, if, well, you'll get the third-round compensatory, in theory, if the Patriots aren't high-end shopping, or they know those guys are a part of the plan and they're coming back and they're not going to let them get out the door. But then again, if you want change... Why You want as much flexibility as possible, which would include contracts. Yeah. All right. Here's uh, another storyline here. Sam Howell or Mac Jones? Oh, I mean, I'm a Mac guy. Yeah. I don't. I, 
Sam Howell will put up numbers, but at the end of the day, he's not going to be a long-term starter in the league. I mean, Was- Washington has a chance right here to sort of see what this guy is. I still think Mac Jones will be a starter here or somewhere. I don't think Mac Jones is going anywhere next year. $4.95 million, and it's a guy who they've invested in already. What would be the harm of keeping him around for another year as either as an insurance policy or depending on how things shake down? I just don't think he's I just don't think he's going anywhere. And there are lots of middle of the road quarterbacks who end up getting passed around the league that hang around for a long time. Hell, we talked about half of them. That's true. Sam Howell, Jacoby Brissett. The next thing you know, we'll be getting into Baker Mayfield and all that kind of stuff. I think Howell actually has a better offense. I think he has a better offense around him than Mac Jones does this year. Mac Jones doesn't have a Terry McLaurin. Um, I think that running game's a little bit better with Robinson, who we haven't even mentioned today, but I think Robinson's a good, uh, solid running back mm-hmm. and uh, keeps other offenses on their toes. And listen, he, he makes a lot of mistakes. Howell does, but so does Mac, and Howell makes plays. He's got playmakers to throw to, so that's part of it too. But he does make plays, and uh, Mac lately, other than that Buffalo game, really hasn't been. And the final question, the big one, will they trade for Bill Belichick? If you had to put money on it, Gresh, would you see the Washington uh, football team, Washington commanders this offseason uh, getting on the horn with Robert Kraft and making a real trade offer for Bill Belichick? I absolutely do under the new owner theory. New owners do things that they think are good ideas, but in concept might not be. See the new owner, David Tepper, down in Carolina. Hey, let me go get Matt Rule as yep. my big splash guy. Prototypical college stuff. Yes, Rule had a little pro experience, but good grief. For him to be running the whole thing down there, that's a new owner mistake. I think Josh Harris will try to pry Bill away. All right. Well, there you go. That is the Reverend Scouting Report of the Washington Commanders. Mass has ended. Go in peace. All right, folks. Uh, We're going to lay these out, and then uh, we will discuss because... I'm sure there will be some interesting reactions to the Patriots inactives today. Sam Roberts inactive, no big deal. Alex Austin is inactive. If Alex Austin walked down our hallway right now, Arkan, would we be able to pick him out? He could sit in here and host the show with us. I would have no idea who in the hell that is. Uh, Will Greer is the emergency quarterback, and you have no Devontae Parker. You have no Kayshawn Booty. Oh, my God. It's and, his best week of practice. He still can't play. Come and on. you have no Trent Brown today. Ugh, ugh. Now that ugh. is the biggest problem of all. No boy, pun intended. Oh yeah. So I think I got a fix. Hello, Vidarian. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. In fact, there's an agent out there that has a big grin on his face if what I think is going to happen is right. It is Gresh, it is Arcand, and uh, we are going to continue on WEI Football Sunday. No Devontae Parker, no Kayshawn Booty, no Trent Brown. What do they do in terms of the offensive line, and then why can't Booty get in the lineup? Arcand and I will hit that next on WEI Football Sunday. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We're back to WEEI Football Sunday on WEEI. All right, Arkan, what's your theory as to uh, why Kayshawn Booty doesn't get out there? Because I, I got one. Uh, my main theory is that Kayshawn Booty has upset somebody or uh, it maybe started dating someone's relative or something along those lines. Because at this point, I mean, you've lost all your all your other wide receivers. You're really uh, down to the last couple. Jalen Rager uh, is someone that you picked up off the practice squad. You actually spent a draft pick on this guy, Booty, and he did show that while he didn't really have the dimensions of the field all down, Pat, yet he could catch the ball at the very least, which is more than you can say for Tyquan Thornton these days. I'm sorry. I'm flabbergasted by this, honestly. I, I, don't, I don't understand. There's no logical reason in my mind why Booty is not uh, active today. I, I think there are three reasons why. One of them is he's only a wide receiver. So when you start to get into the who are some of the guys we're going get, to get on the field uh, or who are we going to make active, there isn't another level for him. Then again, some would say there isn't for Devontae Parker, so why would that matter? Right. Because I think the difference here is, and to me from what I'm hearing, what has happened with Kayshawn Booty is there's a reason he was a late-round draft pick and people said he has first-round talent is because it's all between the years. And what were the issues at LSU? Bad practice habits. Not exactly the most reliable guy. That's something that the Patriots are not just going to, they're not just going to throw the guy in there if he hasn't fixed some of those deals. Because the two things that you heard about Booty coming out of college was that he has tremendous talent, but he finds ways to get in his own way. And I'm wondering, and I, I feel pretty confident in that this is more about attention to detail and practice habits. And I think what happened in that week one game was, Oh, it's oh, you think you're so good that you've got all this stuff buttoned up, but you've got to learn to be a pro type thing, and that is kind of the process that is going on with this player. If they didn't like him, they'd have shipped his ass out of here and cut him because none of us would have thought anything of cutting a sixth or a seventh no. round draft pick a wide receiver. Just like they cut those six round running backs from last year. There you, know? you go. I mean, it's, yeah. You no one would think anything of no one cares about what Pierre Strong. Mm-hmm. Like one of my buddies in Cleveland's like, boy, this Pierre Strong guy. It's like you can have him. He's not that good. Go ahead. It's great awesome. there. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think with Booty it is there are some habit issues that if they can break him of those this guy can really end up being a good player. Now, in terms well, Bill of, said he had his best week of practice this week. He did. So maybe and, that's damning with faint praise, like his best practice week was, still wasn't that good. Maybe the message is, okay, you had your best week of practice. Now I need two or three before I'm going to roll you out there. And I wonder if that was sending a message through the media because the one thing that I heard even from people down in LSU and the SEC was that they, you know, a little bit of humbling might go a long way for him and learning how to be a pro. Bigger issue today, though, no Trent Brown. Mm. Okay, so if you're the agent for Mike Onwenu, you are grinning ear to ear. Grinning ear to ear. Yeah. Doesn't Onwenu kind of have to now at this point? 
be the guy that you throw over there beside Cole Strange and you figure out the right side, however they go about figuring that out. I don't know. I mean, I, I th- that makes sense in my mind. And, like, if I was running a Madden team, that's probably what I'd do. But they did bring in Connor McDermott this week, and he is someone who plays on the left. Uh, and when you've been a right-side guy almost his whole career now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I don't know if that's Did something they, they were working on. Did they elevate McDermott? Like, is yeah, he on the real roster roster? He's up there, yeah. He's All right, if there. he is, then... It's probably going to be him. I would think, and I would, I mean, would they would they dare trust Connor McDermott to start the game at left tackle and kind of see how it goes? Well, it's either him or someone like Mafi, right? I mean, like you know, like, who else... Who else could it be? You want to move on when you over, sure, but then someone's got to play on the right. You know, like there has to be, well, there has it, to be some kind of balance. No, there. but what you said in terms of Mafi, so the possibilities would be put Mafi in at right guard, kick so from right guard to right tackle, and put on Wenu on the left side. That would be one way they could do it. Mm-hmm. Another way they could do it would just be put Connor McDermott on the left side and leave everything else the way it is. I'm trying to think of the other combinations that they could. Uh, you know, I mean, you could flip on Wenu and then just put Vidarian low at right tackle, which I don't want. Uh, on Wenu teamed up with City Sal looks pretty good. So maybe those are really your only options. It's either throw Connor McDermott in there on the left side. I guess we have to work out that I guess low could be an option, right? It's not one we would pick. Yeah, I feel like he might be hurt. Am I crazy? I think so. There might be something there with... uh, Well, I know Anderson is on... uh, Did uh, Calvin Anderson get put on some kind of list or whatever? Yeah, he's put on IR with an illness, which you don't see very... Like... He's had that twice now. With an illness, you wonder if it's something very, you know, I hate exactly. to say it, but something serious. No, know, but so. it's the second time that he's yeah. been on there because of illness, so it wouldn't, uh, it, 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 that wouldn't seem silly. Let's put it that way. So right now the options are, uh, well, not very good at this point. I, I, man, if I were a betting man, you know what? They'd, they'd probably just be like, yeah, let's if put Connor McDermott. Let's put Connor McDermott out there for right now and then see where it goes. Maybe they don't want to mess with the right side. But on when it was – and here's the thing. If on when who can play right, he can play left. Yeah. Like that That part of it I'm, I'm not so much worried about. It's more everybody else. And I believe to a, just a moral certainty, Arcan, that – Cole Strange is playing with something. He's trying to, whatever the knee injury was in camp, this guy's trying to manage it to be able to get through the season. Mm. So I think you've got to be a little particular as to who you put on that left side, considering Strange might be kind of dealing with something. But not ideal. I mean, I thought Brown was hurt when he split that double team against Miami. He's not moving his feet, and his right ankle had a massive spat on the outside of it, which, for those who don't know what that means, is when they tape your ankle on the outside so that everybody can see that you've got a problem. Yeah. Um, It's, yeah. Other than that, I mean, Brown and and Booty are the two big ones. Parker still got a concussion or still dealing with concussion symptoms, so I think that one's not a shocker either. And these other two guys, Sam Roberts and Alex Austin, like you said, we don't know who they are. Just real quick. (laughs) Before we move on from from the Kayshawn Booty thing, if this is all just to send a message to Kayshawn Booty or to try and tell him, hey, all right, you had a good week in practice, but now we need to see two weeks of practice before we let you back on the field, all that says 
to me is we're going to see more Juju Smith-Schuster and, you know, these guys who are just not unable to really get anything going in the offense. And I just, that sucks. To me, that sucks. And that's one of the things in the in the Belichick era now that really worked great when Tom Brady was here, you know, sending messages to guys, holding guys out, making sure everybody knows that you're the boss and you're in charge and blah, 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 blah. Now it's like, can we get someone out there with some talent? Can we get a guy on the field who can maybe help this offense? If I'm Mac Jones, I'm sitting there going, what the bleep? Like, you've, you've sent enough messages. You sent a plenty of messages last year with Patricia and Judge. You're sending more messages now. How about we just get the best players on the field and give me a chance to score some points? Well, I, I think there's a little assuming there because there's of a lot of assuming. Of, because, of, yeah, obviously, because <laughs> of what Juju has or has not done. But if they don't feel like this guy is out there ready to play, this is no different than what they've done with rookies for 20-some-odd years, which is independent of Tom Brady and thinking. Like, yeah, I, I guess Tom Brady didn't like James White when they sat him for a season and put him on the red shirt layaway, I think because we're just it's yearning. not that Tom Brady didn't like him. No, 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 but that's the thing. But but you mentioned the whole Brady factor in it, and when Brady froze out Nikhil Harry, it was this guy doesn't know where he's supposed to be. That is something that I think not that wasn't just a Tom Brady thing. That was a coaching thing. And there's twenty some odd years of evidence that if you're a rookie as talented as you may be, they got to be able to trust you. Again, look at Ramondre. First game in, didn't block on third down, went the wrong way. I can't play you until you know it. He figured it out quicker than others. Maybe there was a little bit of desperation there at running back, but he figured it out. And I'm, I, be, this is about practice habits and attitude, I think, with Booty. However, if they get that right, it's a worthwhile investment. They, I think there is, I don't know, do you see David Givens? Because I think there is a little bit of. I don't see anything. See. I haven't seen him since the first week. Well, that's I don't the know thing. What I'm see. I have well, no idea what he is. And that's why I can't lose my mind over a guy that played one week and didn't do the attention to detail piece of it at the very end of the game. And then it's okay. You need to work on this, this, this. I think Keishon Booty, like some rookies, thought he was a little better than he was walking in the door. Sure. I and, mean, and listen. that is the we got to be able to trust you and we need to know you're going to work hard and that you're not. You know, imagine if a rookie is like, oh, I finally get my chance to get one catch. It's like, whoa, kid, shut up. Yeah, sure, fine. I mean, Demario Douglas had a fumble in his first game, and he got, you know, he got a... a he got sat, and then they brought him back too. in. Because, they, did, they brought him back, though. Well, they brought him back because I think there's improvement there. He's not running into people on over routes. He's not running into Devontae Parker anymore. The route spacing is right. I mean, there's a lot of things that Demario Douglas did good, but I think the biggest thing is, is that Demario Douglas came in, worked his ass off. With Booty, there was the will he work hard to get himself better. Mm. And maybe that is the process that they're going through. But well, there is no question. Uh, Mike Gusecki might have to be a big piece today. Yeah. Or Hunter Henry or running the ball or I don't know. At this point, it's almost like cross your fingers. Yeah, whatever whatever. No works. one gets hurt. Whatever right. gives the team a spark. I thought maybe he could do that. And also, if you look at Booty's quote, I'm reading him on Twitter right now. Booty the other day was like, yeah, hey, my number's been called, and now I got to step up. Mm-hmm. He thought he was going to play today. And Belichick went on and on about how great he was in practice. So, I mean, I don't know. It just, this, I don't like this. This is right he, with well, me. I, I, to what you just said, Arkan, I just saw Andy Hart mention on Twitter, you know, because Booty said that, could Belichick, Bingo. you know, and it, because I guess he's been known to do that before mm-hmm. this is a kid who puts the cart before the horse there's some humbling going on here we'll talk about it with christian fourier next on weei football sunday 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.